In the summer of my 17th year, I was sitting on a bus in the nation of Israel on my way to an archaeological dig that I got the chance to work on for a couple of weeks. It was absolutely the experience of a lifetime. But on a particular day, I remember I was sitting across the aisle from a a young man that I had gotten to know. He was maybe late 20s, maybe 30, uh, who had grown up Jewish, but had become a passionate follower of Jesus. And we'd become friends. And I remember on this particular day, we were talking about our mutual interest in poetry. And at some point, he said to me, well, what's your favorite poem that you have at hand? And I didn't know what he meant. He meant by heart. And at that point in my life, I had never memorized a poem. So naturally, I threw it back to him. Well, how about you? What's your favorite? And it was lovely. He, he, he didn't even have to hesitate. He said, oh, it's, it's by Keats. And he right off the cuff, right there on this bus, early morning, driving to this dig site, recited to me, I think, one of the most beautiful poems I've ever heard still. And so here's what he recited. When I have fears that I may cease to be, before my pen has gleaned my teeming brain, before high pilot books in charactery hold like rich garners the full ripened grain, when I behold upon the night's starred face huge cloudy symbols of a high romance and think that I may never live to trace their shadows with the magic hand of chance. And when I feel, fair creature of an hour, that I shall never look upon thee more, never have relish in the fairy power of unreflecting love, then on the shore of the wide world I stand alone and think, till love and fame to nothingness do sink. When I returned from Israel, I pulled out my high school poetry book, found it, and likewise memorized it. And it's been meaningful to me ever since. And as you listen to it, it is clearly this expression of just soul-wrenching love and, and desire. And we know from Keith's story, it was for a young woman named Fanny. And we also know from Keith's story that kind of as this poem mentions... About three years later, he himself died from tuberculosis, never to have this love that he felt so strongly for this woman. So in some ways, it's about the most tragic poem you can imagine. But for years, I have also thought of and read this poem almost as if it's from the heart of Jesus on the night before the cross, as he's sort of looking out across all of humanity, let's say from the Mount of Olives. And and he doesn't have time. He didn't even intend to write the book, to have high pilot books, like Keats says. Um, He's looking across that night starred face. And when he feels of us that he will not look upon us more the next day as he goes to the cross. I think that's some of what we see in him and his anguish in the garden. So even though it's a love poem uh, from Keats to this woman, to me it has this element of tragedy of Jesus looking back over his 33 years and then looking at our non-comprehension the night before the cross and feeling all that he must have felt about his mission and his plan. But then the resurrection. Then comes 
this deathless, wonderful reality that is ours in the risen Jesus. And so, please forgive me for this. I sat yesterday and looked back over this lovely poem, and I thought, I wonder what it would read like if the love need not be unrequited, if Jesus from the throne of heaven was now talking to us this side of the resurrection, this side of the ascension. And so, with your grace, with your mercy upon my poetic skills, I'll give you perhaps the new version. When I have hopes that my life may endure, anon from when I take again the throne of heaven, to make of you the fullness of my life philosophy, that you would hold the earthly life I leave behind. When I behold from back of night's starred face, light emitting constant from the spirit in yours, and think that I may live life once again in you with ne'er a lack or pause within my power. And when I feel joyful remnant of my life and light that I shall never cease to look upon, never lose relish in the Father's eons old plan to live our life in you, then... Yes, then, I stand up from my throne, dip my eyes, and we may share my love and spirit throughout eternity. Friends, he is alive. There's not a single moment of your life that he looks upon as a missed opportunity or as some sort of an expression of unrequited love. His love never ceases to flow to you and your love in presence of his mercy, need never stop flowing to him. Rather than Keats, when I have fears, I like to think in the economy of Jesus, our life poem now is always beginning, when I have hopes. Thanks for listening.